Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. For those in the room this morning who are well-versed in the content of the Gospels, what I'm about to say to you will not come as a surprise. You already know this. However, there likely are some folks in the room who are not yet well-versed, and so they need to hear it, and it needs to be fresh on all of our minds, and that is this, that even though Jesus is the spotless Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, even though He is the Son of the Most High, He was hated by the religious leaders of Judaism. I do not use too strong of a word. He was hated by the religious leaders of Judaism. Have you ever really stopped to wonder why? Why did the religious establishment resent Jesus so much? Well, the events that we're going to look at today in the passage at hand will give us a peek into why he was hated And we'll make it clear as we get toward the end of the message. But I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter 5. As you're turning to that passage, I want to go ahead before I read it, and I want to to start at the end. I want to go to the very end and give you the main point, what, what this whole thing is about this morning. Even though I'm going to say a lot of other things, ultimately it's all coming to this main point. And after I share it with you, we'll begin to unpack it. All right, But here's the main point, catch it. Biblical Christianity, i.e. the gospel, stands alone, intentionally separate from all other religions, and completely and utterly incompatible with every other religion. Biblical Christianity, the gospel, stands alone, intentionally separate from all religions, making it utterly incompatible with every other religion. I want to make sure you understand that that's not my point that I'm bringing to you today, but in fact is Jesus' point in the words that we're about to read that came from his lips. So with our Bibles open to Luke chapter 5, we'll begin reading in verse 33 and move on to verse 39. And they said to him, the disciples of John fast often and offer prayers, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. But yours eat and drink. And Jesus said to them, can you make wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. He also told them a parable. No one tears a piece from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. If he does, he will tear the new, and the piece uh, uh, he will tear the new, and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins and it will be spilled and the skins will be destroyed. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. And no one after drinking old wine desires new. For he says, the old is good. (laughs) 
That's some strange stuff all going together. It's okay to say that. It is a little strange when you read it, isn't it? But we can sort it out, and it's not so strange once we understand what's going on here. In this passage, I find a question, I find a primary response, and I find three illustrations that Jesus makes to drive home his point. Let's begin with the question, verse 33. Last week, Pastor Brett uh, took us into the home of Levi. Uh, Levi was a tax collector, and Jesus had invited him to become a follower. Come follow me, Levi, is what Jesus said. And we found that Levi got up, left his table, and became a follower of Jesus. That same uh, time frame, in that same time frame, Levi decided to throw a party at his house, invite Jesus to come be part of it, and his disciples as well, and it was, going, it was going to be also attended by many of Levi's sinner friends. Now, by the way, I'm just making this as a side note. I want you to be sure to understand that it's not just the Gospel of Luke that records that. But the Gospels of uh, Matthew and Mark do also, and also Matthew and Mark record the confrontation that we are talking about here today. As we think about the passage we just read, by all indicators, the confrontation took place at or near Levi's home as a natural response to what Jesus and his disciples were doing as guests at Levi's house. What were they doing? At Levi's house. Well, they were eating and they were drinking. Now, when we use the word drinking, we think of, you know, really getting one on, tying one off, right? I mean, you know, uh, that's not what that means there. But they were eating and they were drinking. And we say, yeah, so what? Well, as we look at the context, we begin to understand what the so what is all about. See, the context of this particular Uh, situation has to do with the fact that Judaism had become a religion of strict adherence to rules and regulations, and many of those rules and regulations were not created by God, but instead were made by man. And this issue of fasting was one such rule. If you go back and study the Old Testament, you'll find that God only required his people to observe one fast. One specific fast, and that was in conjunction with Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And on the Day of Atonement, you were to be focusing on your sin and on God's uh, graciousness and righteousness, and so you would fast as part of that reflection on the, 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 the unrighteousness of your life. It's the only one God ever required. Now, there are many other fasts that we'll find in the Old Testament But they were not requirements of God's law. And because they were not requirements of God's law, there was no law broken if a person opted not to participate in the fast that was called for. However, by the time we get to this place where Jesus is in history, the expectation to fast in conjunction with also offering ritualized prayers according to a very strict schedule had become all but law for those desiring acceptance from the religious elite. Those humanly prescribed fasts we discover were weekly. They happened on Monday and Thursday. 
And for those who really wanted others to know that they were participating in the called for fast, it was common for them to present themselves on Monday and Thursday in a very disheveled kind of a way, even sometimes sprinkling a little bit of, of, of ash on their face so they would look really like they were starving, right? They were really hungry. They were really suffering for the faith. Now, the text doesn't say it, and I can't prove it. But I lean toward the idea that this celebration at Levi's house must have been occurring on a Monday or a Thursday. And if it was, it would explain why the Pharisees and some of the disciples of John the Baptist were asking the question they were asking. If Levi's party was was on one of those two days and Jesus and his disciples were there enjoying the party, then it would naturally raise the question. Why are you and your disciples not complying with the expected norm? Why aren't you doing what we do? Now, those folks who were asking that question, they understood why Levi and his friends weren't doing what they do, because they understood that Levi and his friends were sinners, and therefore they're not going to participate in the expected norm. But Jesus had been presenting himself as a righteous man. And so they are wondering... Why isn't Jesus, why are not his disciples observing the established traditions? That leads me to truth point number one this morning, and that is that there is great difference between law and tradition. Are you aware of that? There is great difference between law and tradition, something that Pharisaic people rarely ever catch. But there is a great difference. As we think about this question being asked, though, be assured of this. It wasn't being asked simply because of curiosity. Oh, we see that Jesus, that you're not doing this and your disciples aren't doing it. We're just wondering. Could you explain to us? I mean, we just, we just want to know. I mean, you know. We're just curious. No, 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 no. The question was being asked with a sense of superiority and condemnation. How could you be Israel's Messiah when you keep company with sinners and... You ignore the tradition of ritual fasting. That's really what's at stake here. So we come to verse 34 and we find Jesus responds to his inquisitors by linking his situation to that of the celebration that takes place at a wedding feast. You know, back in the day, weddings were pretty much a week-long affair. And for seven days, there was dancing and food and drink and joy and laughter and all around goodwill that uh, was uh, experienced among the participants. Uh, As you can imagine, to fast at a wedding feast would be totally inappropriate. In fact, I discovered that there were rabbinical laws that forbade fasting. I mean, they actually put it in their book. You are not allowed to fast at a wedding feast. And so Jesus responds with this. He says, can you make wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? (laughs) What did he mean by that? Well, let me tell you that in the Old Testament, the idea of the Messiah as a bridegroom was not known. However, it was known in the Old Testament that the people of God would be considered a bride. 
In the New Testament, we find very clearly that the idea of Jesus being the bridegroom who, who, who attaches himself permanently with his bride becomes a very standard way of communicating the Messiah's relationship uh, with his people. And so when Jesus makes this response, he is in effect saying this. He is telling those who are asking the question, now is not the time for mourning. Now is not the time for sacrifice. Now is the time for rejoicing. Now is the time for celebrating. Well, tell us, Jesus, why is it not time to mourn? Why is it time to celebrate? Well, because the kingdom of God has come near you. Jesus has already begun to preach that message that the kingdom of God has now broken into the world and it is near you. And Jesus is even beginning to suggest that he is the king of that kingdom. And so this is reason for celebration. Remember, going back to that sermon we looked at when he preached in Nazareth and they wanted to throw him off the cliff. Remember what he said? He quoted from Isaiah that the good news is being proclaimed to the poor in spirit. The brokenhearted are being healed. Captives of spiritual oppression are being delivered. Blind are regaining sight. The downtrodden are being set free. This, my friends, is the acceptable year of the Lord. There's reason to celebrate. God is doing something. He's bringing a new part of his plan into play. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.